Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 93 of the Citrix Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. We're getting close. Bill, we're getting close, almost up, up to 100. Yep, getting getting almost there. That's right. Uh, we got to start thinking about how we're going to celebrate and knowing the two of us, uh, we probably won't do a whole lot. <laughs> so I've got uh, Bill Sutton with me, Bill, Director of Services. Bill, I'm going to I'm going to um, publicly uh, acknowledge you for all the great work you're doing here at Zintegra. Uh, it takes a lot off of me, and I just want to make sure the world knows that uh, without you and a couple other people, it wouldn't get done. So thank you. Oh, well, I appreciate that, Andy. Um, yeah, it's uh, it can be challenging sometimes, but it's all good. Um, you know, we we try to get it done for our customers. That's really what it boils down to, and our partners. That's what it boils down to. I think the short way to measure it is I don't have partners. And I don't have customers that complain ever. Uh, I always know we could do better, right? We could have better consulting right. methodologies, all that stuff. But man, nobody complains anymore and uh, things get taken care of. That's that's yeah. huge. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like waiting tables. It's kind of a, in restaurant business. It's kind of a thankless job. Nobody talks to you until something goes wrong. And uh, I don't get many complaints, which is great. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, but you're right. It, it, it can be can seem thankless at some times, but every once in a while you hear something like this or you have a customer who says you guys just really did a great job and kind of makes it all worthwhile. You know, all the, all the frustrations that, that, that fall up to that uh, kind of go away. Yep. Yeah. I get more, uh, I get proactive. Thank yous. Very little, if any uh, complaints, which is awesome. Good. Well, I got Ben Rogers on. Ben used to be a, um, <clears throat> a IT director. He knows all about complaints and not getting enough uh, uh, accolades. Bill, Ben, how's it going? I'm doing well, Andy. Uh, day after Halloween, so we went out and did some spooky things last night and uh, trying to stay away from the candy bowl this morning. I can only imagine with your personality, you probably have a really good time with Halloween, don't you? We had a blast, man. Plus, I live in a very large neighborhood with a lot of kids, a lot of decorations. So, yeah, man, we blow it out. Is your uh, is your kid out of school today or they had to go to school? Oh, no, they had to go to school. So it was funny. By about 9, 930, all the parents were shooing all the kids back in, getting them ready for bed. And yeah. all the kids kind of had a little sleepy eye this morning, but they got candy to get them through. The uh, the local school system here, a lot of them actually have a teacher work day just so conveniently the day after Halloween. So it kind of works out for them, but not my kids. My kids had to get up. Well, my actually my high school kid, the high school started late, like they gave in and started late the day after Halloween. I guess they just know they weren't they knew they weren't going to be there on time. Kind of sad, kind of. Yeah, ours had today off, and tomorrow's an election in Virginia, so they're off for two days. Yeah. Well, guys, we have a special guest with us, uh, Akshay uh, Kakar. Did I say it right? Yes, you did. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to review your blog here in a minute. Do you want to give us a little background on yourself? Sure. Um, so firstly, happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, Akshay Kakar, I'm on the product marketing team for Citrix. Um, I work on uh, Citrix's um, uh, cloud-delivered security product. It's called Citrix Secure Internet Access. We launched earlier this year on February 3rd. And um, with the grace of all the customers that we have and um, all um, of uh, all the folks like yourself that have been talking about us, we've actually gained significant traction in the market. So um, we've seen customers and seen enterprises um, want to beef up their cybersecurity architecture, and we are engaging with them on that. Um, before this, I've been in the cybersecurity space, I've been in the networking space, um, product management, as well as product marketing. Yeah. Where, where do you live? I am uh, in the Silicon Valley area. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, 
I'm sure we'll get into it. So I don't want, I don't want to steal our thunder from the blog, but I appreciate you joining. And it, it's interesting to see Citrix in this space. And look, I've thought for 20 years now, the idea that you could remotely access something, but not actually get acts like the download it, you know, turn off printing, turn off file transfer. Uh, Citrix to me has been a security play for over 25 years now. Uh, it's interesting to watch Citrix uh, turn it into a full product ties and evolve the offerings. Uh, if you don't think of Citrix as a security play, you're missing you're missing an opportunity for sure. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So there's uh, a lot of uh, folks think of Citrix as just uh, being uh, just uh, being able to access certain applications, but they kind of forget the security aspects of it. Um, and uh, th there is a lot of productivity related features in Citrix where you have uh, one place to access all the business critical applications. But the, the security that goes behind it and that's embedded in it um, is a major part of the DNA as well. Yeah. Hey, Ben Rogers, I know you're, uh, well, I'm going to say it the way it popped in my brain. Uh, don't take offense to this. I know you're a security nut. Um, thoughts on the general idea of Citrix being a security play before we jump into this specific blog? Well, you know, I've always for years explained it to the companies that I've worked for that Citrix provides a window into the environment where things like a VPN actually bust a hole through it. So, man, the concepts has been reverberating across the industry for so long. I think we take it for granted, but it is truly a security play because you lock people out, you give people access through web interfaces, you never really let them into the environment like you do with a VPN or any other technology for that. So that's kind of how I've been explaining it for years to corporations I've worked for and I'm now glad to see we're finally getting the recognition that we deserve on that end. Yeah. I, I often use uh, the example of Wikilinks, a guy who downloaded 10,000 documents. He would have had to take in screen prints of every document, uh, every, every page of every document to get the same thing. Wikilinks wouldn't have happened. Very true. Very true. All right. So let's jump into the uh, intro here. Uh, actually, Tell us what you're uh, setting up. Well, hold on. Before I do that, uh, this recent blog, the name of it, the title of it, Citrix and Chrome OS, Secure Seamless Access to All Your Apps for All Your Employees. Uh, actually, tell us what uh, we're trying to talk through here in the introduction section. Absolutely. So um, Google and Citrix have had a longstanding relationship, right? They've been, they've been working together in, uh, in multiple areas, um, especially in the, uh, in the Citrix workspace front um, earlier and, and, and the DAS front. Uh, what we are trying to do this time is there's this um, uh, there's this relationship that we've built with the Chrome OS business unit or the Chrome Enterprise business unit within Google, and the way we're working this is that we see the Chrome uh, OS device with the Chrome Enterprise solution on top of it is a very robust device. So that that device by itself has a whole lot of security features in it. It's a, it's an encrypted device. There's very little data that you store on the device. There's a whole lot of security policy that you can device that you can create on the device. And what we are saying is that listen, for enterprises to be fully secure um, and productive, you need two things. You need one: the employees should have access to whatever applications they want. So even if there is a um, there is an older application, say uh, an older Linux application or an older Windows application that needs to be run on that Chrome OS device. We make that happen. And then we'll give you a multi-layered security model on top of the Chrome OS uh, device. And I can talk through that in more detail if you would like me to. Yeah. But what we're doing is this relationship with the Chrome OS business unit, where we broaden the applications that you can use in Chrome OS device, and we give them better security. We build on to their existing security. 
So we can jump through the blog and talk through. I think you're probably going to flush out the questions I have. But uh, my first thought is, you know, a Linux based Chrome device is somewhat secure to start with. Is that is that part of the baseline here and, and what you mean by it starts with a modern device? Yeah, so it is. Yeah. So the Chrome OS device is a secure device. You're absolutely right. It is a very secure device. It's a um, it's a lightweight device in the sense that it's very easy to provision drop ship. Um, if you've got new workers and if you want to just ship them a device and they log into their um, credentials and they access all the applications through Workspace. So yeah, it's super simple to manage. It's already a secure device. As I mentioned here, it's got the Titan C chip. It's got inbuilt in data encryption, Google safe browsing, a whole lot of cool features. So yes, it starts with that modern device, but there's more that we add on to that. And that's what we've covered in the in the rest of the in the rest of the blog. So let me let me go to Ben real quick. Ben, I know you were adopting iGel Linux at one point, so you were going down the Linux. Well, first of all, let me ask the group. This is Google Chrome OS, but it's really Linux under the covers. Is that is that the right way to say it? It's how I've been saying. Is that right? I, th I think so. You know, I, I've got a little bit of a different thought about this process, though. I kind of consider these mobile devices almost sacrificial lambs. If you have the cloud technology right and you're delivering the applications virtually, which we can do obviously, but you know, Google's getting into that game as well. I'm kind of beginning to see the phase of what does it matter what's on the endpoint? You know, as long as the back end that they're going to secure, and I, I'm interested to see what the group thinks about that. Because as our guest was talking, I was thinking to myself, now we're getting away from worrying about the endpoint device. And now we really are coming into a bring your own device and lightweight Google devices or, but I'm also beginning to see in the next four to five years, maybe we get to where we really don't care about what's on the endpoint. Well, Ben, let me, and I would, I'm going to get everybody's opinion on this. I promise, but I do want to highlight what just happened as Zintegra within the last two weeks. We started Zintegra with the idea, I'm going to give you money. You bring your own device. We'll have a secure cloud. You connect it. I don't care what your endpoint is. We've now learned that that sounds like nirvana, but we can't quite get there, even though this is what we do for a living. We still are now going back to controlling the endpoint device because we can't just let it be the wild, wild west, even though, as you just stated, a big chunk of this is all about what the back end looks like. Uh, but we have consultants and we have salespeople going into other environments allowing them to take a Zintegra endorsed inv device into their environment as more than, uh, than I can allow at this point. So even though I'm one of the biggest preachers of what you just said, I can't, I can't even do it myself. But so I, I'm just going to pipe in there. So Andy, we are, we, 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 whatever you're saying, we are seeing, we're seeing more and more of that. So we, what we're coming to see is this managed BYOD model, if you will. Yep. So if Andy wants to bring a Chrome OS device, if Bill wants to bring a, um, a Windows device, and if Ben wants to bring a Mac OS, we want to be able to give you that level of flexibility. You bring in whatever operating system you want to, but hey, we are going to throw in a couple of agents on that operating system. Um, and to ensure that regardless of what operating system you're using, you are secure on that operating system, regardless of where you are from a physical location perspective, regardless of what application you're using. And that's essentially, um, and also the, 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 so that's the security aspect. And the other aspect of that is, hey, you want to be able to access any application whatsoever. So the operating system should not be a limiting factor to the, to the applications that you get to access. Yeah, let's, uh, let's give Bill a chance to speak. He's the one that's got the consultants out doing, doing their thing, carrying around their own personal devices that we've allowed. Bill, your thoughts on this whole, you've, you've been around it forever. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> to your point, Andy, the, the holy grail is, is, the, is the device that, that we, can, we can, in theory, lose or get 
you know, get stolen and not have to worry about any data or any other information being on that device. And uh, certainly the Google OS, uh, the Chrome OS is is one that would satisfy that. But it, they, like you said, there are certain other challenges we have that that kind of lend themselves to a to more of a BYOD, a more um, more uh, extensive operating system like like Windows or Mac. Uh, but we need, we definitely need to start controlling those devices uh, better and uh, managing them so that uh, we can we can control where the data is because that's really my biggest concern of any of everything is you know I've got consultants that are doing visios and things like that of, of customer environments and that that information needs to be kept secure and encrypted and we want to make sure we have some control over it and and one way to do that would certainly be put it in in my data center and only restrict access to it via um, via CVAD um, from an from an endpoint, but then that that consultant might be in a secure environment where they don't have internet access and they need access to that inv- that document. Th- this is not unique to to our business. I mean, I, I can remember doing this for law firms years ago, and uh, we had the same arguments that my attorney needs to be able to access this data when he's in trial, and they don't have internet access. Now that's not as much of a case now, but. Nevertheless, um, there, there's so many factors that go into this that uh, it's not one size fits all anymore. So, so Ben, we all just went around the horn and said we love what you're talking about, but it's not realistic. What's your what's your thoughts now that we've come back around to that? Well, I can I can put myself in every administrator's shoes. Everybody's got a boss that wants to access their files mm-hmm. while they're on a plane. And that's what kills some of this. And I came from that environment. As much as I would try to look at my old CEO and say, Mary, you really don't need to worry about it. She would look at me and go, what if, what if, and it's those what ifs. And one of them is, what if I'm on a plane and I don't have access, you know, now planes are getting much more connected with the world and uh, that, that seems to be going away. But I guess there, there are still spots in the world where you would say, I've got to have physical access to the environment so I can do my job, i.e., in a federal bunker somewhere and nowhere, whereas integrous technicians being asked to do something that's highly, uh, you know, secretive. I think you guys are highlighting that if we can get a large percentage of our users working that way with a secure device that's owned by them or owned by us and accessing data that they never really have local access to, that's a big part of the big part of the win right there. Exactly. I think it depends a lot on um, if you kind of segment your employee base, if you will, there is going to be a certain segment of employee base that require that, okay, I need to be able to, for instance, in a, in a high churn industry, right? Or an industry where you just, for, for whatever reason, need to provision devices really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in those industries, yeah, you want that kind of a device that such as a Chrome OS, which is super simple to manage and which is, which is secure. But yeah, if in certain other industries, you're going to need a device that has a whole lot of local storage that has that compute power, um, I mean, in marketing, I've worked with folks that are hardcore graphic designers and they just, they need certain devices with certain applications sitting on those devices. So it, it varies a lot, but that flexibility of being able to choose the device that you want and that flexibility of, Hey, if I have Chrome OS devices, I want to be able to use any application and I want to be able to use it securely. That's what, that's what we are working with Google to provide. So actually, this uh, the second section of your blog, uh, the title of it was, It Starts With a Modern Device. We've talked a lot. Is there anything in this section that we've skipped that you think is relevant that we point out before we move on to the rest of the article? I think I think it's um, what, um, so everything that you guys pointed out is is, is completely relevant. It's, um, we 
there were some news news articles earlier this year if i'm not mistaken that show that chrome os is is growing very rapidly so um we are beginning to get into these situations where a lot of people do have internet access um a lot of people are working from home um and a lot of industries are opening to chrome os devices um and so what we are seeing is that um that that increased adoption of chrome os devices and google wanting to back it up obviously uh and and continue with that growth so all i'm trying to say is that hey it is a great operating system it is entering the mainstream arena of primary operating systems um and uh, yeah for 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 our listeners out there they give give it a give it a give it a thought it's a good device I'll, I'll just double down that real quick. The idea that a lot of things are browser-based and you throw a technology like Citrix into the mix managed by your corporate environments. There, there's a lot you can do uh, that's real these days versus the theoretical that we used to tell people we were heading to. And, and yeah. pandemic only made that more real. Okay, uh, next section. The title of it is Empower Employees with Seamless Access to Apps. I think this is a lot about what uh, Ben was highlighting and I guess maybe what I just doubled down on. What are we covering here? it's yes it is it is a lot so uh, with with a chrome os device you have access to applications through google play google play it's a managed store managed google play where you can control which applications do which users get access to um and that's pretty cool but every now and then actually more than every now and then most industries have at least some applications that are homegrown applications might be sitting in the data center might be in aws azure wherever and those homegrown i wouldn't call them legacy but just traditional applications still need to be maintained um and those applications still need to be accessed from their chrome os devices and what we essentially say is that hey if you're going through the citrix workspace application you are able to access any app um including those traditional windows and linux based applications off of your chrome os device you know, Ben was talking about a while ago on, on planes, and I fly a lot, almost every week at this point, and and I it's so hit or miss. Um, but when that's solved, and as long as I'm out out in the middle of nowhere, this becomes even more. And you keep in mind, you know, Bill and I, uh, maybe you guys too. We we grew up on you know 15k dial-up modems doing this stuff, which sometimes I even like better because I had a wired connection. But um, certainly becomes more and more real as the world around us evolves. Uh, and the needs and the demands for security, pandemic planning, you know, work from anywhere, hybrid stuff, those things grow. Maybe they start to outpace some limitations that uh, maybe Ben's former manager who who thinks they've got to have it on an airplane, they'll just have to sacrifice for the benefit of hybrid and secure work. What I think is the most interesting about all this, Andy, is, is let's think about, you know, where Citrix has come from over the years. When I first got into Citrix, it was about giving Windows access and Mac access. And you never really saw a lot of Linux. And now with the modern day, man, you're looking at really all three and you never can really tell what's going to be, you know, thrown at you. So I, I like the idea of our product kind of being able to mix with all three of these uh, OSs and being able to basically allow connectivity and allow application access you know, for whatever OS you're in. And I think for an organization that has to manage multiple OSs, like healthcare, one device for them does not fit all. You know, this is a good solution to go, hey, tell us how you want it and we'll be able to provide the applications through this workspace mechanism. And so uh, I think this is a really powerful part of this blog because it just talks about how all the technologies are blended together through the workspace app. Yeah, I want to I want to talk about that real quick. Um, 
Guys, are we doing Google Chrome OS a disservice by lumping it into the Linux bucket, or are we doing it a service by lumping it into the Linux bucket? Anybody? That's a that's a deep question that I'll hand off to the crowd. I don't know if I know enough about the OS to really comment on that with with education. To, to me, it kind of makes sense to call it Chrome OS as if it's one of the three players when it's time to call it Chrome OS, but also makes sense to lump it into the Linux bucket when we're trying to get some of the benefits of, of Linux, like, you know, a less attack vector, more secure, uh, lightweight. Uh, actually, that's that's probably one for you. You can defer it if you want. Yeah, Andy, I'm not an expert on the OSs, and, but I would say that I think um, Chrome has offers way more than just the Linux OS. It does have that similarity in, um, um, the N is not probably the right word, but it has that similarity in, in, in what Linux can provide. But then there is a lot more, um, especially with all the backing that has been getting from Google. Well, and I, you, I, you, you, I'm just going to complete one one quick point. I mean, you'll see um, you'll see Google um, uh, like a lot of the other vendors out there um, uh, that, are, that are the size of Google. They're trying to blend a lot of things. They're, they're trying to blend GCP with Chrome OS with other stuff that they provide. Um, for instance, the Google workspace where the applications are, right? So th there is a lot of that blending taking place and, and th that's that's power of an ecosystem. And when you blend that ecosystem with say the Citrix ecosystem, that's, that's a comprehensive whole that you don't get with just say Linux or something else. But it is Linux. That's the funny, that's where I get, like, I, I, I it's where I, well, okay, so two things. One, the user interface is now familiar because it's based off the Chrome browser. Uh, on That's one piece. And the other part is they have their, you know, web store where you have all these applications, thousands at this point. And at some point, I believe they're going to have access to the Android store to run on top of Chrome do. OS. Bill, you said they already do? They already do. Uh, like a Chromebook has access to the Android store? Yeah, I installed Android apps on the Chromebook we got five years ago or 10 years ago, whenever it was we got it. I think I think my challenge there, I work a lot with uh, Google Cloud Ready, what used to be Neverwhere Cloud Ready, and I don't think they have access to the Android store yet. Oh, okay. I believe, and this is just my opinion, that they're going to get it. And then all of a sudden you went from you know, a ton of apps to a whole ton. I, I'd use some slang there if I hadn't stopped <laughs> myself, but uh, a, a lot, a lot yeah. of apps. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about this next piece, which goes uh, doubles down on the security conversation around a secure endpoint and an access model that's secure. Uh, actually, you want to kind of talk us through this. Uh, this uh, sorry, my browser keeps jumping around. Yeah. Stronger multi. -layer. Do you want to scroll down the? Yeah, do you want to scroll down the diagram? It's probably easier that way. Sure. Um, so essentially, yeah, what you're saying on the left is, listen, we've got we've got a secure endpoint with um, with Chrome OS, and then there is a Chrome Enterprise upgrade that can go on to that Chrome OS. So there's a whole lot of security policy that you can talk, that you have. We've spoken about that. Now there's, there's and we've already spoken about Citrix Workspace as well. There's another product called Citrix Secure Internet Access. And for those of you that have not caught it, um, think of Citrix Secure Internet Access as a whole, pretty much all the functionality that you would expect in a data center-based security stack. So you've got the SWIG, the secure, uh, the, uh, secure web gateway, you've got the firewall, you've got the, um, the malware protection capabilities. Plus you've got stuff like CASB, cloud-based sandboxing, um, anomaly detection, deep user-level analytics, 
So you take all of that security functionality, you club it all together, put into a high performance architecture and you toss it into the cloud across 100 different points of presence. And that's what Citrix Secure Internet Access is. So Citrix Secure Internet Access is a cloud delivered security solution delivered from 100 different points of presence. So what we are saying is that we create a multi-layered security model. So let's just say you're protecting a king and a queen um, in, a, in a medieval time war, right? So you're gonna have multiple layers of security between the enemy and the king and the queen. And that's what we are doing. We are giving you that, um, one layer of security, which is provided by Citrix Secure Internet Access, and the other layer of security, which is coming uh, from the Chrome OS device and the Chrome OS uh, and the Chrome Enterprise upgrade. So, and yes, you've got the Citrix workspace as well, which has some um, granular security features. For instance, you can do things like watermarking, or you can do things like uh, disable cut copy paste. So, some of those functionalities are available as well through the Citrix workspace app. And then the Chrome OS device by itself is a secure device as well, which has its own security policies. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you can do things like, okay, you won't allow USB sticks to be installed, um, or you won't allow certain, um, if you've used a password in one location already, you can't reuse that password. So there's things like that, that Chrome OS also provides, the Chrome Enterprise Upgrade provides. Um, and with that, what you're essentially getting is that multi-layered security model um, in this architecture. I think it's funny, we've help? been talking this whole time about a secure endpoint and accessing, you know, the play, the stores as well as uh, using Citrix workspace apps specifically. And then all of a sudden this secure internet access thing where the traffic's being directed appropriately and, and monitored and, and analytics are going along with that monitoring. All of a sudden that just ups Citrix's game big time in this space, right? Big time, big time. Because keep in mind that, listen, see, folks are, um, folks are accessing uh, accessing, uh, let's just say you finish your work today, right? At 5 p.m., you go onto a basketball forum or you go onto um, Reddit or wherever and you click on a couple of links and stuff like that. So you you do need that access even when you're outside of Citrix Workspace app. You need that level of protection. Uh, when you're outside of Citrix Workspace app, you're, you're doing recreational browsing. Um, you're not sitting behind an enterprise firewall. You need something that's protecting you without having to do a, PN or anything of that nature. And so Citrix Secure Internet Access is that invisible, but always there, always on protection. Um, that's that's blocking any threats from entering your device. Um, and then of course you have the Chrome OS as well. And Citrix SIA, Citrix Secure Internet Access, we have this relationship with threat engines. So let's just say there's a threat discovered in say, hypothetically Japan, a couple of hours before. And then we will update our uh, cloud based on that threat intelligence. And so you're always protected against the latest threats. There's a whole lot of functionality that's available in that product. Yeah, I've got some comments here, but I want to defer to, let's go to Bill first. Bill, thoughts on adding this extra piece of the, the story that we already thought was magical? Well, I, you know, the story that we already thought was magical, I thought, I think there was one piece we were, we weren't, maybe we were talking about it, but not directly. I, I, I think I got, at least I know that historically when I hear, Access, you know, via the Citrix Workspace app, I'm thinking virtual apps, virtual desktops. That's that's what we've always, that's where, where I grew up. But obviously, we know that the Citrix Workspace uh, can enable um, single sign-on to SaaS-based apps, which are equally as critical, if not more now, than they used to be. Uh, you know, folks are using SaaS apps and, and having a device that we can secure 
um, and, and enable uh, seamless access to those apps is just as important, if not more so, than, than the access to the traditional Windows-based apps you know, hosted on a server somewhere. This just adds another layer to it that I think is critical. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Akshay, you men mentioned Reddit um, as an example. I know that uh, some of my consultants will go searching for a solution and it'll take them to places like that and, uh, and beyond. Uh, unfamiliar sites that may be in foreign countries and having this kind of this kind of layered security here uh, certainly would provide a lot of benefit to them and to our customers. So, guys, we uh, absolutely. We can... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Uh, I, I'm just going to. So you're and you're absolutely right. So when you say in other countries, so keep in mind that we spoke about this earlier that your workers, your employees, your consultants are traveling, right? So they're yes. in a whole lot of different places where they they could be under attack, if you will. So right, exactly. So guys, let's let's tee Ben up here. We told him the idea of BYOD plus the cloud wasn't good enough. If we take BYOD plus this layer of security with the agent, which I should like to point out, which I always do, it's part of the Citrix Workspace app uh, package anyway, I think. Tell me if I'm wrong. If we take secure internet access plus the cloud, are we then back to telling Ben he can bring whatever he wants? Does it take it a step further? We're, we're closer at least, right? What do you where think, I think, well, where I think this is really a play, I, I go back to my old days of having to manage firewalls and uh, user threat management systems. And, you know, this really lifts that part out of the administration of a corporate security framework. And so where I'm really excited about this is I can look at, you know, cybersecurity engineers and go, hey, I know you, there's a certain amount of, effort to keep these firewalls updated, make sure the traffic's flowing through them, making sure all the policies are upgraded and all those jazz. Let us take that off your hands. Similar to the way that we look at them with CVADs is let us take that weed and feed off your hands and let you concentrate on what you really need to be concentrated on and what is allowed out of this facility and what do my employees need to be looking at on a daily basis. So for me, I'm really excited about that point is that it now allows us to provide another service that makes us competitive against uh, the other user threat management systems that are out there. So I'm excited about that point. Um, when it comes to, you know, does this create a nirvana where you could get, you know, this to anybody? It would in a sense that I could say to my, you know, engineers that are out there in the field, it doesn't matter where you're at. I'm going to be able to backhaul all of your traffic to one resource and make sure that regardless of what endpoint you're on or regardless of where you're at in the network, you've got the same uh, coverage that you do regardless. And that's really killer, in my opinion. And that's a step beyond what you can do with a traditional firewall layout. Yeah, Bill, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head there. So you're absolutely right. So wherever your engineers are, they and they, we, we, so we have these points of presence, as I said, there's hundred different points of presence. So your engineers are, are going to be sent to that point of presence, but that backhaul isn't going to be as much as it used to be back in the day. Let's just say you got three data centers with three stacks. Now you got hundred different stacks. So, right. So it's not, it's pretty much direct access to those SaaS applications, pretty much direct access to your internet. Um, uh, hey, Andy, one quick uh, thing. So it is uh, the, Cloud Connector agent for Citrix Secure Internet Access is different from Citrix Workspace. Uh, and that kind of works out because there is, there's a lot of folks that are already using Citrix Workspace app. 
um, or there are some, and as we are talking to more and more customers, including net new customers, there are some customers that are um, that are looking, or there are certain information security teams that are separate from the CVAT teams that are looking at Citrix Secure Internet Access. So this kind of is right now giving us a flexibility of um, having a separate conversation if we need to. Um, but yes, in the future, I, I, I can't mention publicly, but it's possible that that the agents might be combined and unified. Um, from, an, from a management plane perspective, there is unification of management plane between um, all Citrix products through Citrix Cloud. Well, I think that's where you're going in this next section where you're talking about simplify your operations, both what Citrix is doing for you as a service, as well as what you have to do as the managing IT organization. Yes, and exactly. So what Citrix is doing right now is that you log into Citrix Cloud, you see all the different products that you have, and you can you can go into whichever product you want, you can start managing that product. Um, and you've got that, uh, that, that unification of management. And then also, um, as Ben was mentioning, from an operational overhead perspective, right? You've got no more boxes to manage from a, from a cybersecurity perspective. All those boxes are done away with, you've got a cloud-delivered security service. So you just log into that cloud-delivered security service, you make your policy changes, it, those policy changes get pushed to all your employees, yeah. everybody's happy. So um, from that simplification of operations perspective, um, we believe that it will not just improve the OPEX numbers, but also we've heard multiple security breaches in the past where cybersecurity teams were just too overwhelmed to ensure that they've got the latest patches, they've got the latest policy in there. And so if we are able to take some work off of their hands so that they've got more time to think and more time to analyze and more time to penetration test, then we believe it will also improve their cybersecurity posture. Yeah. So... So, Bill, how do you see this impacting the customers that you're working with? Well, I think it's, you know, I, the customers we're working with, I think this this is something they're not aware of, probably, and probably we need to help make them more aware of it, um, because I think it's definitely got to fit with a lot of them. Yeah. Only the it's ones that care about security. Yeah. It's a paradigm <laughs> shift, though. Um, and, and that's one thing that I would, you know, Andy and I, you and I, you and I have talked for years about how it, it takes a societal move to kind of get things going. And our first example was going from desktop to workspace app. Five years ago, you told me I would create career suicide if I took them to workspace or whatever it was called receiver then. But now I think that that very people would be open to a dashboard type of uh, environment. I think with cybersecurity engineers, you're going to have to get them used to the fact that, hey, you don't have to have these products on site or you don't have to physically see where these products are in your data center or in the Azure stack. And you're going to have to kind of let them know that they can give up that management plane, the same as we've done with our Citrix administrators for years. I think that's going to be the challenge of getting them to, to think about, oh, this lives in the cloud. This lives wherever my services are close to. And that's going to be the piece that I see being a challenge, uh, you know, kind of going forward is this breaking that paradigm shift and getting them to understand that this is a different way than they've done over the last 20, 30 years. Yeah, I would agree with that, Ben. I, to some degree, I think a lot of the, a lot of the cybersecurity, the CISOs around in the, of the, of the world have, have kind of bought the, or drank the Kool-Aid of layered approaches to security from other vendors and have bought a point product to do this and a point product to do that and a point product to do that. And they've got a huge investment of those technologies, not to mention the renewals of those technologies. And, uh, it's going to take some education, some time um, to get them to consider something like this all in anyways, at least initially. And, and part of that's just 
the vendor name, right? I mean, Citrix is seen as right. seen as the access people, not the secure access people, right. and not the security company. Uh, this clearly helps me understand where Citrix is making a play on security, which we already had, uh, but now we're playing in a different piece of it. And uh, it's you know a vendor that you're already knowing and working and trusting. People should consider it. Yes. Exactly. So think of it this way: like, so you've got you've got um, you've got your application, you've got you, and then you've got the application that you're connecting to, and then you've got the fabric in the middle, right? So Citrix is everywhere. What we want to do is we want to be able to control that entire end-to-end or support that entire end-to-end, so that you, as a user, have a great experience. Um, so we'll we'll do the the optimization over there in terms of the productivity. We'll do the cybersecurity over there and to keep you safe. And that's essentially um, what it is. And then the ecosystem is created in a manner such that it blends with the other vendors that you might be using. Yeah. Well, and now, I think you, I, just, you just said the keyword vendor. I mean, Citrix and Google being a play where you can, like those legacy security vendors probably don't really have a Google play. At the layer we're doing this, all of a sudden, something like Google, Google Linux, I'll use both words together. Um, all of a sudden, it's irrelevant, more or less, as long as there's the agent that can run. And now, all of a sudden, the cloud makes it to where the security play fits, whether it's Windows, Google, Mac, you name it. Go ahead. Dan. I think that I think there's an opportunity, and this is not an official statement. I disclaimer that, and, and this has not been mentioned at all inside the, the Citrix walls, but I would love to see them take this product to our ADC and build this into our ADC, you know, because a lot of people could then turn their ADCs into their outbound gateway. And then you could really start talking about competing against the Palo Altos, the Fortinets, because the ADC is already kind of a Swiss arm, Swiss army knife firewall in a certain extent. We get this outbound traffic going through it. So to me, when I look at our product portfolio and how this product could fit into the portfolio, we obviously could, you know, deliver it via cloud and have it cloud be a hundred percent of the answer. But we also could create a solution that could hinge on our ADCs and go, Hey, if you've got ADCs, let's start leveraging them for the outbound traffic and implement this uh, user threat management via the SIA product on top of it. So like I said, no mention of it, but when I, look at our product portfolio and I go, the things we could do, that is one thing that I see that we could do that would be very slick and very cool. Yeah. So actually bring us home here. Let's talk about where Citrix and Google are truly partnering uh, across the ecosystem of what they do together, but specifically here. Um, so from a technology standpoint, we've discussed, we've discussed a lot from a technology standpoint. What I would also say is that we are, um, I can't disclose a whole lot here right now. There's, there's some futures involved in that. But um, what we are essentially trying to do is we are trying to go together to customers to ensure that um, uh, to ensure that customers are not um, are not overwhelmed with just multiple conversations with different vendors. Um, I've personally, in my past lives, I've spoken to customers where they were very happy when when two or more vendors kind of joined forces, came together as one uh, to solve the customer's problem versus the customer having to to do all that multiplexing. So. Um- I'll add to that real quickly, two vendors that you probably already going to have in house, seeing them come together and solve challenges for you is a win-win. Yes, exactly. And that's, so that's the goal we're trying to get the Google guy, the folks at Google, at Chrome OS, talk to the folks at Citrix, get familiar with each other's stuff. Um, and then it's just, as you're saying, the customer probably is already familiar with both the technologies. Now one plus one is equal to three here. So that's basically what it is. Yeah. So Ben, as we start to finish up here, any additional comments around what you see Citrix and Google doing? 
Well, what I'm what I'm kind of starting to get fascinated with is you've seen Google get into the education market like no other, you know, and they they kind of have become a dominant force in that market. I see that starting to happen in other markets. You're starting to see Google get more prevalent in healthcare, uh, finance. So I think the same way they've gone after education and dominated that market, they have the possibility of doing these other markets as well. So I'm glad to see that our company's partnering up with them. And I think the two solutions could really uh, flip some Windows environments, man. I mean, I don't mean that as a threat to Microsoft, but it could be really interesting if you could go into a shop and go, you can do the same thing today with cheaper products, lightweight OSs with a more secure environment. It's kind of a win. So, so Ben, I want to challenge something you said. You said Google going into education like no other. I think at our age, right, we saw somebody else do that that turned into a pretty, pretty lucrative company at this point. You know what I'm saying? Apple, they're just doing what Apple did, except they're not going to limit themselves to education and, and the consumer market. They're going, they're going for a bigger chunk of it. Oh yeah, I, I think uh, I think they're never really strong to me commercially. They never took the business idea. They were. Or ecosystem, personal. They did some education. Google are in knee deep. Yeah. All right, um, Bill. You want to? Any additional comments? Yeah, I pretty much agree with the, most of everything that Ben said, had to say there. I, I, you know, I certainly think that there's a there's a place for the Google Chrome OS, and I think that that more and more companies are going to take a look at it. I know that in, in my past, I've had a couple of companies that were early adopters of the Chrome OS for access to Citrix apps and desktops. But uh, I think that uh, it's certainly uh, it's compelling for a lot of companies to look at something that's more secure and easier to use and easier to manage um, for their employees to use to access their resources. Yeah, no, that's true. hundred yeah. percent. Well, actually, I appreciate you joining us uh, before you go. Is there any other topics specifically to this one or comments to this one or other topics uh, you'd like to maybe use this platform to bring up? No, thank you for having me here. Um, and uh, yeah, I just uh, just uh, let's let's keep the conversation open. If there's more sessions that you'd like to do with Citrix, please kind of do so. Awesome. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for your blogs uh, for this topic and beyond these topics and beyond. But uh, if you have something that uh, that that you write that you want to highlight to us and and ask that we bring it back on, that would be awesome. This has been a really good conversation. Yes, well, Lisa, thank you thank so much. You. And with that, guys, we'll call it a day. Thank you. Have a good one, everybody. Bye bye.